Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. You will hear this on Monday, June 18th, but for John and I, with about 45 minutes to spare, we're squeezing this in on the 10th anniversary of the 2008 Celtics Championship Squad. I was lucky enough to be there behind the scenes and I can tell you, I'll start right here. Brian Scalabrini was pretty damn entertaining, John. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And you know what's even more entertaining is when you can't find the mute button to turn off when you're doing a podcast. High hilarity. Not really. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, coming in with a bang. I'm, yeah. I'm clicking. I'm clicking. Ah, shoot. Anyway. Like an amateur. Like, like, uh, yeah. Look, Scal was great that night. Um, I, that was, that was an epic, uh, post-game press conference performance. But I mean, it goes back, man. You know, it goes back to the start of the show. It goes back for, for people our age, um, who grew up in the eighties, were really young in the eighties and had these great feelings and then went through these bad times. And, you know, really the show and, you know, kind of internet based stuff kind of kicking off 2000s and we were you know doing the show and talking about things talking about Gerald Green talking about Sebastian Telfair talking about all these guys that really didn't matter at all when it came to when the team was actually going to you know become a champion no Marcus Banks no Orion Green they were all gone man you know no no uh, Ryan Gomes uh you know it didn't matter it didn't matter and all that mattered is that you had Kevin freaking Garnett Paul Pierce Ray Allen Rajon Rondo and and, and uh, you know Perk Posey Shore House you know Eddie House you, you know you got to love PJ those Brown. guys big shot Brown. Brown i mean Really picked him up at the February after the February trade deadline. It really uh, just had that one big moment, and it was a huge moment that really contributed to the Celtics being able to get to that championship run. A lot of unsung. Really, it was just the big three. They went to Italy. They came together quickly, and really just the way that they got that start to that season was phenomenal. Very similar to the start that this year's Celtics got this season and the camaraderie, the chemistry, it really came together and we didn't even get to see this year fully healthy like we did that year. I think everybody was saying it was going to take several years for them to come together. And then there was that championship. You know, there's the story of Doc hiding a hundred dollars from each player in the roof uh, or in the ceiling of the Lakers locker room. You remember that? I mean, I think that was a couple of years later, but it was just a fat, it was a fantastic beginning to what should have been many more championships. And that's, I think, what is the craziest is because they said, Hey, um, you know, we're not sure, uh, that this team can do it this year. And at the end of the day, that was the year they did it and they didn't do it again. That's very true. I, I think there are some parallels there and we're going to talk about Kawhi. We're going to talk about Kyrie. Um, but I think there's some parallels there. You look at how the 2009 season started, right? Before, before everything happened with KG's knee and seemingly everyone got hurt at the end of that season. 
that was a year I thought where I guess you worry about lightning in a bottle and the 2008 thing felt like everything went great. Everything was perfect. This year, nothing went right. Nothing was perfect in the first, you know, five minutes and seemed like everyone was hurt and it was just a constant battle throughout the season, yet they persevered. The key was the chemistry was good. The chemistry was fantastic in 2008. It was fantastic in 2018. But what the beautiful part about that is the chemistry was still great in 2009. You know, without the injuries, they go, they win back to back. Without a doubt in my mind, they're going to beat that Lakers team. The Lakers were better in 2009 than they were in 2008. But clearly the Celtics in 2008, even if you say, well, they don't have PJ Brown in 2009, they were, they were, they were probably better. You had a better big baby. You had a better Leon Poe. I mean, you had so many a better Perkins and Rondo, better. right? I was just going to say the two, uh, Young players that rounded out that starting five had a, a couple of years under their belt, one championship season under their belt, and they were better. We saw Rondo really continue to climb and had a couple of postseasons where he had to carry the Celtics even because of the injuries that you mentioned. And I'll never forget Rondo's elbow bending backwards like ridiculous. Oh, it was disgusting. And then him coming out and basically playing with one bad arm. It was really phenomenal. But that whole team had a lot of character. KG set the tone for what I would say is, uh, you know, team unity. They had the whole Ubuntu thing that season. It was an incredibly fun ride. The year before, we got assigned credentials. We were being able to go and, and cover the team. I never thought that the Celtics organization, once they acquired Ray Allen and trade on draft night, and then Kevin Garnett on July 31st in a trade that sent out Al Jefferson, certainly did not expect them to extend the credentials again into what became a championship season. And yet they did, you know, there's a movie about it. I, my daughter was born May 8th. So uh, she just turned 10 a month and, you know, a few days ago. And I remember she's, she's in the movie as just a little baby. And, and I think you covered the Detroit Pistons series, at least a game or two, because I was on the shelf. Uh, you know, my wife would have taken my head had I traveled to Boston to cover that one. I mean, you put it, I mean, how many, I don't know how many dates that you drove down from Maine down there. Guys, this isn't like, Justin didn't live in Kittery. This isn't like an hour and a half trip. Like, this was a hike for him to get down there, right? And he did it for all these home games. And so there's a couple times, yeah, during the season I went down. And you're right, during the Pistons series, I, I did get a chance to, the one loss they had at home, I think through the whole uh, playoff run was actually the game I went to. So, Clearly, we had, to, we had to make a change there in the finals, and thankfully, you were ready to come back. I was happy the Celtics won. You were happy the Celtics won, and you were able to be there. It all worked out for everybody. Yeah, it was an interesting year. I bought my first motorcycle that year, too, after the championship. A lot of different things happened that year, but it, it was funny because I watched the I watched the show, and I just remember sitting in the – usually, I was sitting in that Dunkin' Donuts parking lot on Route 1 just after you get outside, you know, and things – you know, you're, you're headed home. That's usually where I would record our post-game podcast, and then, obviously, in the movie, I'm at the Kennebunk Rest Area is where we pulled over to record that one and uh you know it's just a ton of fun doing it all year long guys like 
JB, obviously, and oh, we went to his house and recorded a couple of uh, pregame shows before I headed over. Um, then we did, uh, obviously, several postgame shows. I was doing podcasts with, you remember, Thomas Halzik? Oh, yeah. So there's a there's a throwback name yeah. and uh, Eric Weiss, obviously now from uh, uh, Sports Aptitude, but at the time he was with Draft Express. I think he still has done a couple of things here and there, but they've obviously joined up with ESPN now. And um, I think our first draft night show we had Jonathan Gavoni. So this this championship run, the credentials, I thought. There's no way the Celtics would give us the credentials, extend us the credentials in a championship season. Then it was, I never thought the NBA would credential us for the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. And, you know, we just continued to be able to cover the team. And it really was the culmination of all of our hard work over, you know, three or four years to that point. And we, something we really wanted badly. And to be able to, to be able to go and see that happen. And then, you know, my totally spoofy number 17 and and you know we record this on the 17th because that was the day of the 17th they you know they won championship 17 on June 17th and i remember we were kind of talking about it at the time like it's such a perfect story it's the way it's going to go down you i believe you were you know as you know i mean everyone now it's Twitter, but probably email or back and forth. And I remember you you were saying like, you know, it's going to be the sixth and the sixth is the, is the 17th. And you know, you guys have no idea. We talk about this show, but you have no idea the depths of which Justin has this thing for the number. Numerology, so whatever. Works. I don't know. Hey, yep. whatever it takes, man, I, whatever it takes. My house is the 17th. I, my street number is 17. You know, it's not because, it? you know, yeah. Really? I, I could pick my own number and I picked it because of the banner 17. Actually. Yeah. And I remember because your birthday is July 1st, which is like 17 backwards. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and I'm not, it's, there was just, it was just so much symmetry and what that team went through. I guess it was, you know, kind of coming back to where the Celtics are right now, you know, they're at a point where it's like, Okay, they've had the great year. They've all come together. You know it works. Now we're going to see, I think, the 2009 version of what happened in 2008. You know, 2008, everything worked perfectly, but they still had that great chemistry in 2009. I think what we're hoping for is 2018's team turns to 2019. They bring that same chemistry, but this time, for the injury, they got the injuries out of the way. <laughs> they, 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 they back, they front loaded him. Now the rest of this run with this core, hopefully they can stay healthy, keep the chemistry going and keep building and see the growth in that second, third year of that run. Just like we saw with the, the KG Pierce guys where baby and Rondo and those guys step up. Only now the guys stepping up are. Jason Tatum with the potential of being, you know, an all an MVP candidate, you know, and Jalen Brown and and on and Rozier and you know all these guys that we've been talking about. I mean, this the potential is perhaps even greater. Maybe we don't have as high a ceiling with the guys like we don't have a Garnett on this team right now, but I think we've got a really good core, and uh, you know, it's just an interesting dynamic right now. I think that they've got a real good chance to to make that 2009 run, but healthy here in 2019. Yeah, I hope so. There's a little bit of a yin and yang theme there going on uh, the last minute there, you know, with the with the eight and nine, like the flip flop there. So 
I, all I hope is is that they don't mess with the roster, and I guess that's our next topic. But first, a reminder that you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live. As well as your host, I'm at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. And obviously the round table and Celtics beat everything to keep you pretty entertained in the off season. It's crazy, but I actually think the off season is one of the most popular times for Celtics podcast, just because we're all trying to fill in the gaps between now and training camp. And so what happens between now and training camp? Still early enough, once we get to mid to late July, there isn't going to be much tweaking. August is kind of a dead season for us. Last year it stayed entertaining, though, even September. But, John, these Kawhi, Le- Kawhi Leonard rumors, this this is something that I, – I don't know, man. You know how I feel about Jalen Brown. I understand <laughs> what Kawhi could bring to the table, but I also think – it winds up being a little bit difficult trying to work all the different numbers and make it things happen with the roster financially and re-signing guys. I can see some challenges there. But at the end of the day, I really just don't want them to tweak it. I just want to let these young guys grow up together. I want to have my cake and eat it too, and I feel like we're on the verge of it. Yeah, well, it, it there's a lot of questions right now about this Kawhi thing. I mean, first of all, is he is he merely trying to um, poke the bear and trying to get that that huge super max contract out of San Antonio? And you know, you read the tea leaves. Basically, you know, Woj comes out with a story which seemed to me that came directly from San Antonio. He's real close with R.C. Buford and Pop. And and I think that a lot of that initial story, and, and that also the mention of the initial trade offer from Boston for Kawhi back in February. Then subsequently, you have the the whole, you know, well, you know, he's told Chris Haynes, I'm leaving, and, and Sham Sharani, yeah, so two, two sources there, outlets are, are reporting that. And then, you know, we're off the races. And then you get this Woj tweet saying, you know, Boston, again, Boston is going to, you know, you know, be looking to make a, a package centered around Jalen Brown and basically draft picks. You're right. You have to look at the Jalen Brown thing. You have to look at how much more do you get out of Kawhi Leonard, a, a top five NBA player, a finals MVP a player who's probably as well suited to play in the NBA's, the, the NBA of 2019 and beyond in terms of his ability to score, his ability to defend on the wing, to do everything. He does it all. He does it all now at a, at a high, high, high level. And you're going to have to pay him handsomely for that beginning next season. Not this coming season, but the 2020 season. At what point are you willing to, I guess, make that trade off of keeping a guy for an extra year or two on his rookie deal in favor of what you would have right now, which potentially would put you in an even better position to beat the Golden State Warriors? It does if he's healthy. I just still don't really understand what happened this year. And I don't think there's really a ton of clarity on it. I feel like there's two different position sides on it. 
you know, Kawhi says he wants to play and they say he can't play. And I, I, I just feel like it's a deal where you're going to want extended money for Kawhi or you're not going to give anything up. And if you're giving up a lot and you're committing a lot financially, is there a, I, I mean, are you just like a hundred percent comfortable that he's going to be fine next year? Well, I'll tell you this. I think you can argue, you can, you can say that what the, what held him out was purely medical, but I don't think that's the case. The way that this is being negotiated or litigated perhaps in the, through the press seems to me that this is a lot more about getting Kawhi out of San Antonio than it is about anything else. I, I have less of a question with physically how he is than where his representation and where his head is as a person. You know, it's not so much that I think there's a problem with the quad, though there is. Uh, there's probably a lot of things with most players. I mean, we talk about Anthony Davis. That's a guy who's had a checkered injury history. But what I worry about is someone who's willing to sit out on the basis of this quad injury, who's willing to take this direction from his advisor, but it's his uncle, but it's kind of like a father figure for him, and really rip apart everything that has been built in San Antonio. That's what probably more concerns me than even the physical piece of it. You know, do I want somebody who's willing to do that? Or do you have enough intel to say, look, this is what happened in San Antonio. This won't happen in Boston. I don't think we on the outside have enough information. And I, But the problem is I'm not sure Danny Ainge is going to have any better information before he'd have to pull a trigger on something like this. Well, it's to your point. It really doesn't matter if it's health issues or if it's head issues because either one is not going to be attractive to the Celtics to me. I, I, and maybe they just figure they can deal with the player, right? I mean, hey, we dealt with Ricky Davis. We can deal with Kawhi Leonard. I, I you know, I, I don't really know where the stance is there. And it's going to take a, an incredible sales pitch for somebody to believe that if it's a heady thing, that it's not going to continue to be an issue. I mean, Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches of all time in the NBA, has been phenomenal what he's done in San Antonio. And, is that what the deal is? Is there a power struggle there? Is that what's going on? And if that's not what's going on and it's a health thing, then you still have to be worried. And you have to be even more worried that if you go and do the x-rays and there's really nothing there or no indication that there was anything there, then you go back to the head thing again, right? So it's just bizarre to me, the whole situation. I feel like it's a huge gamble to commit long-term, big-time money to, even though... If, if, if this, well, listen, he'd never be looking to get out of San Antonio if there wasn't some sort of an issue there. But, but what a big gamble. You give up a player like Brown. I mean, I understand, you know, maybe you're giving up Smart and Rozier and those guys may be difficult to keep financially anyway. But Brown is a guy that is not as good as Kawhi. Maybe has potential to be kind of Kawhi light. You know, Kawhi is a pretty special player. But the problem is, is if Kawhi flakes out on you or isn't healthy to play, you're not better off. And the money right now is an enormous amount of money, and you're getting Jalen on the cheap. And if you go get Kawhi, you've got all these other players he's going to have to share space with. The only reason it works out okay in that scenario is because he's such a great defender. He's kind of the 3 and D guy. Yeah, he can drive a little bit, etc. But 
I don't think he has to necessarily hog the ball, and that helps. I, I think that's absolutely true, and I think that I also would say that given where we are today and where you think you're going to be, what you're going to be guarding against, you have someone in Kawhi who's um, who is perhaps flexible enough to guard both the, the the Kevin Durant's of the world and the James Harden's of the world. You throw him on the other team's best defender, and that's that. You know, that's a wrap. So. Uh, you know, I think that that's, that's important. Um, and I don't think that right now we can, we have anybody who can do that on this team. That far and away, there's nobody. I mean, Al Horford has done, did great things in early rounds, but you couldn't put him on LeBron. <laughs> you know, I think that's, I think that's a tall, too tall a task to ask of Al Horford to, to really run the back of the defense and, you know, guard the biggest guy. I don't think that you can do that. Kawhi, um, you know, I think that part of it's it's the top end, right? Kawhi's top five. If he's healthy, he's top five player. Jalen Brown, where where does he max out? What's his ceiling? I mean, you're a big fan of his. What's what do you is, is he does he max out a top five? I mean, I think like no, no, he definitely 20? doesn't. Top yeah. twenty would be yeah, pretty good. Top, I would. I think top you? twenty, like Richard Lewis level, right? That's what I think I would be happy with. You know, doing a little throwback to an era when Richard and and uh, Ray Allen were killing it, uh, and different type of player. But I'm just saying. Remember, Richard just sat there, right at the very bottom of the top twenty, year after year after year. And and I think that's reasonable expectations for Jalen. He's he's super athletic, um, different than Richard. He's a in a fabulous defender, um, you know, because of that athleticism. So yeah, again, Kawhi's better, but he's going to cost more, and he comes with a high level of unpredictability. And I just feel like there's enough talent on this team where you don't take that risk unless you've got ninety percent plus a, uh, certainty. That he's going to be okay, and I, and I just don't think that's the case. I, I think we could have issues if he doesn't play. Then, and you're committing that kind of money, it's a big time problem, huge problem. Well, and, and so let's let's talk about that, the money, right? So basically, right now, you know, Kawhi is making I think eighteen. Um, let me just make sure we bring it up. Seventeen six last year. So yeah, this coming year. But they're going to want to sign and trade on that. They're not going to so, do it without long term commitment. No, I know what I'm saying, but I'm, I'm talking what we're talking about right now. So next year he's going to make twenty million dollars. Okay, Jalen's making five and a half. No, yeah, five. He's making five next year. Okay, so there's a gap there, right? Obviously, um, Kawhi is going to want. A uh, an extension Max. that starts that starts out maxed out, just like just like uh, Kyrie. They're both going to want. They're both making about the same amount of money, and they're both going to want to be maxed out. Uh, and Hayward's already got it. Yep, right. And so is Horford. So you have four max guys basically on the roster for the 2020 season. You'd have Tatum on his rookie deal. You'd have maybe Smart. Rozier's going to need an extension no. before Smart that. Smart Rozier would have to go in the deal to make the numbers work, so they're gone. Tatum well, stays, we Brown, don't know Smart, and Rozier are probably gone. Well, assuming you would move Brown, but I don't – there's ways – I think there's some ways around. But anyway, that that's – either way, the point is, is like you have four max guys, you'd have Tatum on a rookie deal. There's not a lot else. Obviously, it's a pretty darn good team regardless. But at what point does Brown need to get paid, right? So in 2020, 
No, but 2021, yeah, his his new extension is going to kick in. So now, maxing out is Jalen Brown a max player at this point? Two years from now, I no. could see. I could. I, no. If he's on his way to 2020, you know, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if he's in that neighborhood of the tw- mid 20s there. So if you're maxing out Kawhi at 35. Uh, or 32, I guess. I think he gets money, but he's I don't not think that he's a max player. I guess what I'm saying is the gap isn't as big as you might think because of the fact that, that there are a couple years, which will be important years for the Celtics, where Kawhi's making max money, Jalen's still on his rookie deal. You know, 2021, maybe some things will change, but. Yeah, but the issue is the health thing. You know, it, and that's, that's the issue. The issue isn't that you get a top five player for a max deal. You gotta do that. The issue is, if you pay for a top five player at max money, and then you doesn't play, then the next two years you're handcuffed on missing somebody. Kinda like missing Hayward this year. But different scenario, right? Like, that's just a freak situation. He's gonna recover from it, but he could wind up tying money and not be the same player. Right, well, he'll be the same shooter, yeah. but he might not be the same player. And we've got that issue. Plus, we've got Kyrie's knee, which you know, yeah, they removed the screws, and maybe everything will be fine. But maybe it won't. And to get another player who may be a head issue or an injury issue, we don't really know, and we're never gonna a hundred percent know. To have three of those guys in your max money. And they're the young ones, and then you've got one more max player, and he's 32, and he's going to be 34 when his contract expires. That's a gamble to me. And, and that's, that's almost like the younger version of what we ran into the last time they won a championship, depending on what the truth is around Kyrie. But, mm-hmm. but, but real quick, first I got to tell everybody about simple contacts. If you wear contacts, then you know how annoying it is to have to get a prescription year after year just to be able to buy more contacts. Simple Contacts is changing all of that by using technology to make renewing your prescription and buying contacts super, well, simple. And here's how it works. Using your phone or computer, you can take the contacts vision test in just five minutes, literally anywhere, and a real doctor reviews your test within 24 hours, writes you a new prescription, and boom, a fresh supply of brand new lenses on the way to your door. No more appointments, no more waiting rooms, no more overpaying. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. It's great for me. I travel all the time for work. Even if I schedule one of those appointments, I'm very unlikely to make that appointment. Instead, I can work it into my travel schedule. I can do it on my computer, and I can have contacts at my door waiting for me when I get home, which is fantastic for me and other fellas out there and women that are traveling all all the time. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses. Their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20, and the contact lenses themselves are super competitive with free shipping. And best of all, our listeners get $30 off their first Simple Contacts order. So to save $30 on your lenses, simply go to simplecontacts.com 
slash CSL18 or enter the code CSL18 at checkout. I do have to mention, though, that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but this is the most convenient way to renew a prescription, reorder your contacts, especially if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts. Get $30 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash CSL18 or just enter the code CSL18 at checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. And then another sponsor, listen up, fellas, 67% of men lose their hair by age 35 and choose not to do anything about it until it's too late. However, it's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. So have you started to notice that receding hairline? Or maybe you're like me and your son finally spoiled the secret that you couldn't see on your own. That's right, the bald spot hiding in the back. Why is it that we do nothing when we can turn to science? Here's your chance. Listeners get a free trial of hymns. Wait, no, get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See website for full details. Go to fourhymns.com slash CSL2017. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. That's fourhymns.com slash CSL2017. All right, John, we didn't really finish the Kawhi scenario. I know we want to talk about Kyrie, and I kind of teed that up a little bit, but I want to give you your say. But again, that's a lot of money to be tied up into players whose health or ability may or may not be questionable. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to run it back, you're going to run it back. I, I guess, you know, you, if, if you, if it is an actual health issue, then, then it's a problem, right? If it's a, if it's a mental thing, if there, there's an issue mentally that, you know, he just didn't want to play for the Spurs, they don't like the Spurs, Pop looked at him badly. Then he's a culture killer. And then you don't want him for that reason. Well, but, but you've okay. But let's assume that the reason could be gone away because he's playing in Boston, not in San Antonio. I, then, I would buy that if he was playing for Tyron Lou or Doc Rivers or. Well, but it's we, pop, we don't know, dude. It's, we, we, how we many, don't know what it is. How, we don't know. Yeah. We're guessing. We're guessing. Look at that point. And so if we're, what I'm saying is, if he's buying it, hold if he's on, hold on. A contract, hold on. We're guessing on the cause. We're not yeah. guessing on the fact that he did not play. No, that's not what I'm saying. What and I'm that, saying is, and whatever the cause of that is, the there's no resolution. No, but I'm, no, 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 no. That's not. But what I'm you saying. can't say the injury is not the right to sign him. And then we're saying, well, if it's a health issue, if it's a mental issue, then I'm saying either way, go away if you sign a contract. I mean, that's the the idea is. Then there was no problem. You sign the contract. You want to be in Boston, presumably, right? Then, then you're okay. Or, yeah, I mean, until he doesn't, if that's the issue, that's my whole point. We don't know that anything's been resolved. Nothing. I mean, you're telling me that you think, listen, again, if it's a health thing and he comes to Boston, how do we know he's really healthy? How do we know this doesn't keep coming back? If it wasn't a health thing and it's a head thing and I don't like the I don't like the environment he was in being a reason that he would all of a sudden turn around and be better in our environment. That's been one of the best locker rooms in the NBA for over 20 years. You're telling me that he couldn't figure out a way to go win championships and be all right? I'm just saying, it doesn't really matter to me what the issue is. There's no resolution on it, and that's freaking scary to give somebody a max contract for. Well, I think that 
we've seen enough in terms of what he can do on the floor. And it, and it hadn't been an issue to this point that we know of until this season. Why? How? I don't know. But when I look at the, I look, I look at the stats right now and we all feel good about how Jalen Brown finished this season. We all feel good about the progress he's made. But at no point in Kawhi Leonard's career did he have a season as bad as the one that Jalen Brown just put up. I mean, and the gap between what, you know, Kawhi's worst season and Jalen's best season. And yes, I know that that means I'm saying that his second season, but at no point as bad as all those times have been was, was at any point was it close? Kawhi is a considerably better player. Yep. So no, no, no debating that, not debating that. Okay. But, but if we go past that and we say, well, then what's it going to take? Do I want to, do I want to unload the war chest to get Kawhi Leonard? No, I don't. I wouldn't want to do that. I'd say, let's look at what past history is. What did it take to get Paul George, a guy on a, on an expiring contract who was, uh, unhappy, wanted out, wanted to go to LA? What was the cost of that? It was Victor Oladipo who was, a shooting guard who hadn't really hold up, hold up, hold up. Place. That is the it's worst analogy for you to bring to the table, based Why? on how because Indiana got better once he was gone. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't care what happens with San Antonio. All I'm saying is, what's going to happen with the player that we're bringing in? I mean, I don't care what happens after it goes on. What I'm saying is, what are we talking about with trade value? I mean. If we want to bring in a whole bunch of external factors and say, yeah, well, Depot was great, you know. You know, they didn't know how to use him in Oklahoma City and Westbrook's a bad guy. I mean, we can, we can go down that road. That's, that, I don't think that's going to get us anywhere. No, my All point is, is that the, the net impact, the, the net, I get, I get where you want to go with the net cost on the trade. But, yeah. And, and so that's fine. But the net cost on the trade is not that. Listen, even if you let Brown go in three years, once you figure out what you have or you do a sign and trade then, that's fine. But if Kawhi Leonard takes three of those players off your roster, let's say it's Smart, Rozier, and Brown, and then really can't play because it's a physical oh, issue, that's what I, I'm telling. I mean, I know. Well, well, we could have done this for the Garnett. Well, Garnett can't play because you know he gets hurt. Garnett was fine when we traded for him. Whatever. I, well, yeah, but anything can happen. I mean, we saw what happened with Gordon no, no, Hayward no, no, no. breaks his ankle five minutes in. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not the same because it could one happen. Guy, no, because one guy has an unresolved scenario. There is no clarity here. John, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Kevin Garnett wasn't like, oh yeah, we knew about his bum leg before we, we traded for him and we figured we'd give it a shot for a year and see what happens, even though he's on max money. It's not the same. The very clear and concise concern that I've, that 25 minutes ago I brought up is the same one that I still have and you've done nothing to convince me otherwise because I'm not going to because you right. love Jalen Brown. No, I would <laughs> I'm trade, not going to convince you. I know I would, that. I would trade Jalen Brown for a top five player as long as there aren't question marks coming in the door. I would hate I, I to think, lose a player like Jalen Brown. There's always question marks. There's always question marks. And I know there's big question marks. No, this is huge. Sure. But you know as well as I do that there's a story in terms of what's really going on there, right? There's a story that no one can report and no one wants to report. And and there's there's a story there and those players are talking and, and you know, Kyrie, maybe this is where we pivot off this. I mean, Kyrie said this in the interview there with Bill Simmons. 
All star, you know, the all star break is when the off season started because that's when players are starting to talk to each other about where they're going in the summer. And that to me says it all. The players know what's going on with Kawhi. No, they're not going to say why and they may eventually tell us, but they know what's really going on there. Maybe that's the reason for the Sulks to get involved. Maybe it's a reason for the Sulks to run away, keep the guys they have and forget it all. But there's a truth out there that we don't know. And I feel like if that truth is anywhere near what I think it might be, which is he just doesn't want to play there anymore. I think he kicked the tires and you try to do What's a deal reason? like what, what, the, what happened with the Pacers. What is the reason? Why doesn't he want to play there anymore? And why, and, and listen, if you say it's because he can't make enough money because he's not in a max no. you know, market, all right, then what would be the issue? Well, what would, I, I what think would be the issue that, that San Antonio couldn't resolve? I, I think that that's definitely You think it's it. a money think, issue? I think there's some parts of it that are the money issue. I think the fact they wouldn't commit to the, the super max is, is a so, part so of the issue. So how about this? How about this? What kind of jerk doesn't play because of that? <laughs> I think that there was that. I also think that they had problems with the way well, that the Hold on, you didn't answer first. the question. We're, what kind we're, of a jerk doesn't play? I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying oh to tell you God. why. If you want to listen, I can tell you, but I can't just be like, well, it's just because of the contract. It's not, of course, it's just because of the contract. It's complicated. You don't undo a seven year career in San Antonio and all that is pop and all that is RC Buford because of that. It's gotta be complicated, right? It's gotta be. It can't be just one thing. It's gotta be a lot of things. It's the contract. It's the fact that the, his, his, uh, thigh was never properly diagnosed or dealt with. I mean, he's been going to New York to get training and, and the right medical help on that away from the Spurs and kind of eschewing what the Spurs medical staff wants him to do. Apparently it's going well. Apparently it's, it's all happened on the up and up. We, you know, but that's. Well, let's, the, let's, let's go to, let's that. go to recent history on that one, right? Everybody yeah. told Isaiah Thomas that he should have surgery and he said no. Right. Then right. he wound up having surgery and then he winds up not even finishing the season and now he's not going to get his max deal. But imagine. If somebody had traded for Isaiah Thomas and paid him the max deal as part of that and then wound up with this situation, how happy would they be right now? Well, but that's I mean I, I don't know. I no, guess I'm I, just I'm just saying he's going away from medical treatment. Sports doctors who work he's for an NBA team medical treatment. I okay, mean that doesn't but, mean that it's not working though. I mean that's you know, I, apparently there are issues there. That's all. I, that's all I'm reading when I read this stuff. And my point is, this concerns what the Spurs have done. Those issues. Those issues are big gambles for the Celtics. Just the same way it as Isaiah be. Thomas, because Isaiah. That's what I'm telling you. Is Isaiah Thomas didn't follow what the team said needed to happen, right? And look where he wound up. I'm just saying. Well, Okay, let's maybe, go back to maybe the team does know best. <laughs> let's go back to 2009. Do you remember all the shows we did about Kevin Garnett and something's wrong with his knee? We can't figure it out. And then, and then, you know, three months later, oh, by the way, he has a uh, a bone spur the size of a microphone in his knee. You know, I mean, look, make, the stakes are made. Remember all the shows we did about Al Jefferson and they can't figure out what it's wrong? Oh yeah, there's a bone spur in his heel. Mistakes happen, and there's better there's better uh, medical help out there. I don't think that that's a reason to say, well, the Spurs didn't know what was going on, and he's not happy with it. That there's an issue there. 
I'm not, I don't think we know enough. All I'm saying is if Kyrie, let's just, just say, for example, Kawhi and Kyrie are talking and Kyrie says to Kawhi, this too many, this is the names are not helping me here, but let's say those guys are talking and, <laughs> and Kawhi tells Kawhi-ry, Kyrie yeah. <laughs> the real story, you know, and it gets back to Ainge and just in the same way that James Harden was able to get Chris Paul to come to, you know, Houston. If that works, shouldn't what we saw in Houston, isn't that a, a good example of how this can happen and how this can be a positive thing for the Boston Celtics? If that's the way the new NBA is going, I, I get it. I'm not happy with – I would prefer him have a clean bill of health, but if it was – if we took Anthony Davis and he was the name here instead of you know Kawhi, there's still a lot of questions about his health. Not as many. I understand he wasn't out the whole year, but I think that's a big, you gotta take the big much. No, 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 but here's the thing with that scenario. You're very clear on what those issues are. And what you're saying is that Danny Ainge is gonna try to make a move based on hearsay that's funneled through Kyrie Mm -hmm. to Danny Ainge. And if it's medical, that's nonsense. That's the answer. It's that simple. If you're going to take Kawhi's messaging, who is clearly positioning to get into a big market and get a contract and thinks he's right, and you're going to take his messaging via Kyrie Irving to the front office and go swing a bat on a guy who could very well wind up in a bad scenario health-wise, then you're in trouble. And again, if he can't make it and can't reconcile and can't play – when there's not really a medical issue in San Antonio, then that's an even bigger concern for me. Huge yeah. red flag. I just listen. I get it. You got to take some gambles, but sometimes those gambles aren't necessary, and we can compete for a championship next year without taking this gamble. And there will be other opportunities to trade Brown and to trade for other players as the NBA landscape unfolds. I'm taking a pass on this because the guy's either a head case or an unknown medical concern. And both of those are garbage. I would take the risk uh, because I don't know that Jalen Brown is going to get us to where we need to go on this team. I would take the risk because I think they can win an he NBA He doesn't have next to. June. You don't think I, they can just, win with Jalen Brown? I, I don't think they can win with Jalen Brown next June. I don't. I don't think they're good enough next June. I, I just don't think that they have enough defensively to stop that team. I just don't. I don't think that they have enough horses to, to, to hold that back. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll find out here that it all works out. But I also think that the price to get Kawhi Leonard is not going to be as high as everyone's talking about. I think that the, the price to get him is going to be a lot lower than than what's been discussed. And I think that the Celtics still will end up in the best position. I don't care if he goes to L.A. I don't care if he goes to, uh, you know, anyone else. I don't want him going to Philly. I think that's a really bad thing for Boston. But that I don't think that that matters. I think Boston makes the best deal going forward. If they can make a deal going forward with for Kawhi that doesn't cost too much, relatively, then I think they'll do it. Uh, and I think they'll take the gamble that they can re-sign him. The bigger concern to me is the re-signing bit, is whether or not they can get him to commit to a re-sign. I think they'd make a deal without knowing he's going to come here and stay. I really do. I think they're willing to take that risk because I think they know that Kawhi and Kyrie are going to be able to make that work. It's a gamble. I get it. 
but I think it's a worthy gamble. But we're well, not going to agree tonight. They, we're not going to agree <laughs> on it. And and Ka- Kawhi is clearly a cancer because he bogarted our entire show. <laughs> we don't have any time to talk about Kyrie or the draft. We literally have one minute to wrap. So everybody enjoy the dra- <laughs> enjoy the draft on Thursday. We'll get to Kyrie next week. Um, and, and, uh, and the Kawhi cancer conversation, see, like that is going to continue. <laughs> That's called alliteration. <laughs> it's going to continue. It's not going to go away. This, this one, this is as heated as I've ever heard John and I over the, the duration of this show. So guaranteed that this will be entertaining us for the entire off season or at least through the trade season, but that's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. Remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, and the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.